Hello everyone and welcome to the 10th episode of the Sport Upload podcast. Um, before I introduce today's episode, I just want to say thank you to everyone that's listened to the podcast so far. We're at the 10th episode now and I can assure you there's more episodes to come. So without further ado, I'll introduce today's um, guest and today's guest is Paralympic cyclist Rachel Timothy. Welcome on, Rachel. Thank you, William, for having me. No problem. So we'll start off at the very start. Um, where was sport like a big thing in your house growing up? Yeah, I suppose I was always really into sports. Like I played Gaelic football, soccer, everything I could really play. Like I suppose I was a pure tomboy. Uh, my brothers obviously played sports, so then I just kind of followed along with them. I was playing with the lads team, and then obviously as I got older, started playing with the girls team. So yeah, sport was definitely a big thing when I was younger, but obviously it wasn't the sport I'm doing now at the minute, but I'm sure we'll get to that in a while. Uh, but yeah, definitely really sporty family. My parents were sporty, so sport was always something I was going to do, I suppose. And am I right in saying you played for Roscommon and underage? Yeah, I did, yeah. I played Roscommon the whole way up underage. And I actually I played with their senior team as well until I got the brain injury. So I, I think I played three years with the senior team as well. So, yeah, I suppose Gaelic was the main thing. I was playing with my clubs, playing Crohn's, and then obviously got on the Roscommon County scene. And then I played it in college as well in Athlone IT. And then I had soccer as well on the side. So I was playing soccer. I played with Casper Celtic for a while. I played underage with Ireland as well in the soccer. So, yeah, I suppose everything revolved around sport. You were obviously very talented, so if you played for Ireland, I was coming. Uh, well, I was a goalkeeper, so I suppose I just kind of, I kind of got thrown in by accident. I was injured and went to goal, and then I kind of got stuck there. So, well, yeah, you had to be good enough to play for Roscommon in Ireland. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then obviously you had the injury and you found cycling. Um, and obviously, like the injury had a big effect on you. Um, and how did you actually find cycling? Yeah, I suppose so. With the brain injury, I um. It's an acquired brain injury, so it was something that kind of came about over time, and then eventually I just kind of lost the power on my right side. So that happened in 2016, and then I suppose I kind of thought it was something that would right itself. Um, with the brain injury and brain damage, like the brain cells don't actually regenerate themselves. So I was a bit naive at the time. I thought, oh, you know, once the swelling, basically what it was was swelling in my brain. I was thinking once the swelling goes back, I'll be back to normal, but Unfortunately, it was a lot longer than that, and the swelling did go away, but the brain cells behind where the swelling was, we'll say, were damaged forever, whenever, come, like, you know, it was permanent. So then I'd say about a year after that, I kind of wanted to get back into sport. I couldn't run. I, co- I couldn't walk, but I be, wouldn't be able to walk for a long period of time or that. Definitely not able to run. So I kind of started trying to find sports or something, even something to do, something to get me out of the house, that sort of thing. 
So swimming then was an option, but for me, because of the brain injury, I was having epilepsy and it obviously wasn't a good idea to get in water. So then what I did was I had a bike at the house. I just said I'd get out and try it. And uh, yeah, like I moved, the bike moved and I actually was able to do it. But like I fell off loads of times and my balance was terrible, but it was just something that actually got me out of the house. So I just kept doing it. And then my GP kind of suggested parasport. And at the time I would have been aware of all types of sport. I knew what parasport was, but I didn't think I'd qualify. Like for me, looking at the Paralympic Games in Rio, I obviously thought that you had to be like an amputee or a wheelchair user or visually impaired. I didn't realize that the brain injury would qualify me. So when I found out it would, my GP just told me to get in contact with Paris Sports Ireland was there. So I went and looked it up and then I actually got in touch with Cycling Ireland because cycling was what I wanted to do. So I got in touch with the paracycling coach there and he just said, listen, they do these time trials every month if you want to come and show your face. So I did and that was 2018. I just went to one of them in 2018. And um, yeah, from there, I just kept going back and within a few months I got myself a coach and it was just something I was able to do. So yeah, it all fairly escalated quickly, but no, it was really good. Like it was just a case of me getting back outside, getting back doing sports and actually being able to do something. So Yeah, and I don't really know much about bicycling now. I'll tell you this straight up. Uh just is there like different categories and stuff like that? And yeah, so yeah, there's, there's loads of different categories. So for the paracycling, there are four main categories. There are hand bikes, solo bikes, tandems, and tricycles. So I'm in the solo bike category, which basically means you're on a normal bike with two wheels, but like it may be adapted for different reasons. So for me, I um, have all the gears and the brakes and everything on my left-hand side. And other people would have it other ways, depending on their disability. And then the hand bikes is obviously for people who are you know, using wheelchairs and they're either lying down flat or there's kneelers as well. Some amputees use a kneeler where they're upright, but they're still in a handbike. And then the tricycles are for people who have really low um, balance or coordination issues. And then the tandems are the visually impaired. So you'd have a, you'd have a pilot on the front, a sighted pilot, an able-bodied athlete, and then you'd have the visually impaired person would be on the back then. And... What would be your like main goals for the next couple of years? Yeah, I suppose when I got into the sport, like I didn't think I would go as far as fast, I suppose. Um, for me now, the next main goal is we've world championships at the start of June. So I'm hoping just to go there and I suppose prove myself from the last two years. We obviously haven't had much competition, so it'll be interesting to see where I am. A top five is definitely a goal for me but the main thing is to get some racing in before the Paralympics so the Paralympics will take place um, in August and there I will compete both on the track and on the road so there's track cycling road cycling so the track is an indoor velodrome and on that I do a short 500 meter sprint and then I do the 3k pursuit as well so that takes place first and then you have a road race and a time trial so for me really looking looking ahead in that Tokyo is all about the experience and obviously I'm going in there and going to try to be in the best shape I can be but really for me the goal was Paris and to not just go to Paris and take part but I want to be going to Paris 
and medal in Paris. But obviously, with the extra year, Tokyo is obviously an opportunity for me to really see where I stand. So, yeah, that's the main goal. And when were your like qualifying things for Tokyo? Yeah, so we the way that it works is a bit similar to the swimming. You don't qualify yourself, you qualify a slot over three years. So you're qualifying points every time you race, you're getting more and more points. So Ireland, as of now, have three male bike slots qualified and two female bikes qualified. So for me, as a female bike, there are only two female bikes. So as of now, the two of us are qualified, myself and the girls tandem. And then the lads, there are three slots there, but there's more than three lads. So they're currently in a bit of a qualification phase. So for us, as I've said, we've qualified, but the points actually came from like since 2018, 2019, 2020. So, yeah, it's they don't officially announce the team. They announced the slots and that in June. So by July, then the official announcement will be made. But for us, yeah, the girls, we're just need to keep training you know we're more going to Tokyo I suppose you could say and there's other countries that are going to use these world championships as a selection process so for us we just we know there's going to be a good feel there and it's going to give us an opportunity to race against the best and what would be like the top speed you've reached on a bike yeah so um the top speed I think was like this year was in New York at training I'd say I hit about 75, 80 kilometers an hour on one of the downhills. So, yeah, it's pretty like it is. You'd be going pretty fast. Like, I'd be pretty, I'd be a bit scared going at that speed and that. But uh, that only happens the odd time. Like, some of the lads, um, the lad tandem, which are the two lads on the bike, like, they can put up that serious speed all the time. Like, um, on the track, then you, you either, your average speed would be really, really high just because it's timber and you're indoors and like the hotter it is, the faster you'll go. So some you be doing say you could be doing a sixty kilometer average around the track like no breaks, that sort of stuff. So yeah, it's I like the sport, like it gives you an adrenaline rush. It's you know, I wouldn't say it's the safest sport to be in, but um yeah, I love a bit of a challenge. Jesus, that sounds like great fun. <laughs> yeah. Um I'm a bit like yourself, I like your adrenaline rush. Yeah, yeah, it is like I kind of I suppose when I got into sport, um, even from a young age, I was really competitive and I wanted I didn't just want to take part, you know. I kind of always want to win and want to be better that sort of thing. So the cycling, you know, you you know if you're getting better because you're getting faster. So yeah, I really like that sort of thing, like pushing yourself to go faster every time. And obviously, like it's kind of hard to train uh, as a cyclist in Ireland. Obviously, first of all, there's no velodrome in Ireland. Um, and second of all, for outdoor, the weather is pretty, pretty bad. So, like, would you would you even try to train in Ireland or do you always go abroad? Yeah, so we tend to, we would go abroad on training camps. So I can learn to have a base in New York and Spain. And they're worked in with Spain and that we're allowed to use Veldrum, that sort of stuff. So we would do a good bit of our training out there. Like that would be where we'd base ourselves. But obviously with COVID and that, we kind of had to stay at home. And um, yeah, like I don't, if Ireland was sunny, it'd be the best place to train, you know. But it's just, yeah, it's miserable. Like it's when it's wet, it's cold, windy is the worst for a cyclist. So I think, yeah, 
obviously we have to go abroad for the Veldrum, but like you can train on the roads here and I would, but we also have really good uh, indoor setup. So it's a turbo trainer. That's what it's called. You basically put the bike on it and you can train indoors. It makes your bike a stationary bike. And there's loads of new platforms like these things called Swift, where it's like it's like a computer game, but it's connected up to your bike. So like you can be chasing people on the screen in front of you, that sort of thing. So I suppose that all came in with COVID and there was a massive uptake in people doing that cycling at home on turbo trainers. So like there'd be midweek races, you could race people online, that sort of stuff. So it is, it's good, it's doable, but I'd always love getting outside more. Like if you're abroad, you can get up at early in the morning, you can be out on your bike at eight o'clock in the morning and it'll be warm. And here, if you went out at eight o'clock, by nine o'clock, your hands would be so cold, like you'd nearly have to come home, change and go again. Like, so yeah. Um, I don't mind the rain, I don't mind the like cold, but I absolutely hate the wind. Like if I look out and some of the trees are blown, I'm just like, yeah, not today, I'll do it inside. So yeah. And um obviously the current circumstances have affected your training. Um I don't really like to talk about the current current circumstances on the on the podcast, but <laughs> obviously we can't we kinda do have to touch on it. So, like, how has it, like, obviously you can't go abroad, uh, but is that the only way, or is it, has it affected your training in other ways as well? Yeah, so I suppose it has at the start because uh, obviously the gyms were closed, and for us as para-athletes, you, it's a lot about doing a bit of strength and condition. Like, it might necessarily be lifting heavy weights or anything, but working on your coordination, all that sort of stuff, with someone there looking at you, showing you what to do. So obviously you couldn't do that. There was no gyms. You were kind of training on your own a lot. The other thing that I would say that affected me was that I was on my own a lot more than I would have been. So we would have, like cycling is a, it's a solo sport, but you train nearly as a team. So I'd be meeting up with the guys a lot, even my local cycling club. And you couldn't do that with COVID. So it was just all on your own. Like, and I found, I suppose I found the days a lot longer than they would have been if, we were abroad if we were training you might go out for you could go out for four or five hours spin and then you'd have lunch in between or something whereas when you're stuck at home the most you could do indoors is probably three three and a half hours without having to stop and move around like because it's just not the same um so yeah that was probably the hardest thing i think at the start of the whole covid thing everyone was you were really motivated to keep going training inside but as it went on and we knew we wouldn't be traveling and all that sort of stuff. It got a little bit harder, but yeah, it was definitely for me the not meeting other people, not being able to get out on them long spins with a group of people. So thankfully that's back now. We can go in pods of 15 with the club and that. So yeah, hopefully it'll stay like this now. We won't be back to train on our own. Yeah, I think everyone's uh, open that. I surely am myself. I'm trying my best to train, but I just yeah. Said, when you're on your own, it's very, very, very hard. It is, yeah. It's just, it's just, the time is just so much longer. And for me as well, coming from a team sport background, I just like that other people that I think as well, having other people there kind of pushes you on that a little bit more as well. Yeah. So yeah, hopefully we'll, we'll be able to continue with the trend in the group. It'll be good. And like how many like days a week would you train? Yeah, so I'll just give you like an outline of, I suppose, a basic week. I would train about 20 hours a week between gym and on the bike. So normally on the weekends, you'd have long spins, like so long spin with the club, a long spin on your own, 
maybe four or five hours, but you'd uh, you'd just be going kind of easy, like. And then on a Monday, I'd have a short spin, and then I'd do gym. So I do gym Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then on the Tuesday and Thursday, I'd have like an interval session. So that could be like a few hill repeats or like some sprinting, that sort of stuff. And then on the Wednesday as well, because of Tokyo, we're doing these heat adaptation sessions. So trying to get us used to the heat and humidity that will be in Tokyo. So they basically have like this greenhouse set up in the Institute in Dublin that you go into and the temperature is set at 40 degrees and it's like 98% humidity. And you just have to cycle in there for an hour and like your heart rate, you might be doing your watts or the power of like zone two, we'll call it, which is pretty easy. But your heart rate could be like zone five. So your heart rate could be like 180 beats per minute. It's just the heat. So yeah, they're trying to get us used to that. It is something we're obviously going to have to get used to because Tokyo is going to be like that. So yeah, I do that on a Wednesday up there. It's all monitored like they're watching your core temperature, your heart rate, all that sort of stuff. So yeah, that's the kind of crazy stuff we're doing at the minute. It's just trying to get you into the, obviously with not training abroad and not having that heat you would have, you have to do it other ways. So saunas and stuff like that as well as the cycling. So it's not just the cycling, it's all the other stuff as well. And what would be like your favorite train? Like, would it be gym? Would it be long spins, sprints? What would it be? Yeah, I like, at the start of cycling, I suppose I like to think I was a sprinter, but unfortunately, I don't think I am. Um, I do like the long spins because, especially with the group, I, I think I'm still a kind of team orientated sort of person. So I do like going out on a Sunday with the club, like stopping for a coffee break, that sort of stuff. I really like the, the long spins. I wouldn't be a fan now of the turbo and training inside. Um, so yeah, the long spins would be my go-to. Um, yeah, um, and I, I'd say you're absolutely buzzing for Tokyo. Yeah, like, it's, I, to be honest, I can't wait, like, it's going to be an amazing experience, and to see all the other athletes and all the other sports is incredible, like, I think the Paralympic Games, for someone who has come from able-bodied sport, uh, I think it's important to get people to understand, like, how amazing some of the athletes are, I suppose, you hear so many stories like a brain injury is what got me here, but there are other people who like may have had a condition from birth and like how they got over it and how they found sport is it's class. Like it's just, it's so good. Like, and the opportunity obviously to represent my country is something I always want to do. And I take great pride in it. Like, um, as well, just like you're going to a Paralympic Games, it's going to be, you know, I hope that, Obviously, people in Ireland will follow, will follow the athletes and all that. So, yeah, I'm just really looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, I'd say, um, I had Jackie early on there, I'd say, about a month ago. And she was telling me about, like, the, the Paralympic Village. Like, it's just crazy. Yeah, it's supposed to be unbelievable. Like, but this year, unfortunately, with COVID, uh, the cyclists, we're actually cycling outside Tokyo, so we're actually not going to be in the village at all, which is a bit disappointing, but I'm like, I'll be there for Paris, but with COVID, they're going to, they're putting us kind of in, we'll say, bubbles, so the cyclists are all staying out 
instead of mixing in the village. So what would normally happen is you do your cycling event out on the roads and then you would stay in the village for the closing ceremony and all that. But this year now, due to regulations, we all have to fly home within 48 hours of our event. So we're not really going to have that whole, you know, afters of the game sort of a thing. But I suppose, listen, it's the way it needs to be in order for it to go ahead for this year. Um, I think for a lot of athletes, that's all right, because just the fact that it's going to happen and that it's it's not going to get cancelled is the main thing. Yeah, I'd, I'd say, like, I didn't know you had to fly home 48 hours after your event like yeah uh, that's that's just gonna make it a whole lot weirder but yeah as you said if it goes ahead that's the main thing really exactly yeah yeah um yeah um hopefully i'll be there in a couple of years as well yeah what's actually what sport what sport is your sport as of now I, i'm a rower as of now I, oh, do, I do play basketball, but our basketball team isn't the best. So we, we <laughs> go we go to, well, I don't. The Irish basketball team go to, like, Europeans and stuff like that. But I don't think we've ever been to a Paralympic Games. But if if they ever did, I'd be, I'd be hope to be on the team. But yeah. There's a good few um, hand cyclists who've actually played like basketball as well and they've kind of transferred in. So yeah, you should you should look so yeah, as I said, I didn't want to keep you too long. Um and it was great to talk to you. And I'll leave the last word to you if you want. Yeah, it was actually brilliant. Thanks a million for having me on. I think um the more of these you do as well, you're definitely gonna be someone that people are gonna have an interest in listening to like so keep it up. Um, the last thing I'll say is just thanks a million for having me. And it's really good. And I love what you're doing in promoting all types of sport, not only para sport, um, whatever type of sport. And again, just for the people listening to this, the Olympics and Paralympics are going ahead. And hopefully you won't just support the Olympic team. You'll also support the Paralympics. And you'll be able to see some of the amazing talent that's out there, not only in Ireland, but all over the world. So keeping our eye out for the cyclists anyways. Yeah, and I'll agree with you on that. Some of the people in the Paralympics are just mad. Like, how, yeah. like, say, like, this, the, um, the swimmers with no arms and no legs, like, how they can do that? Yeah, I don't, it's amazing. I don't know. So, <laughs> I would strongly recommend you watch the Paralympics as well as the Olympics and yeah I wish you all the best in the Paralympics and the rest of the team and once again thanks for coming on thanks so much once again I'd just like to say a big thank you to Rachel for coming on and talking to me and as I said I'd strongly strongly recommend you watch the Paralympics and the Olympics just to see the amazing amazing people in the Paralympics um, and as I said as well I just like to wish everyone on the cycling team the just the whole Paralympic team in general the very very best of luck in the Paralympics and the Olympics and 
it's just great that it's going ahead.